Happy All Saints, everybody. This is our Sunday, the feast day that celebrates all of us. Saints are simply members of the household of God. A saint is what you get when you take a human being and add water and faith. It's not just folks who live lives that other people can tell are holy. It's those who believe that Jesus Christ was the Son of God and rose from the dead. The holiness is a byproduct, not a precondition. But what about those Beatitudes? Don't they reinforce the notion that only the super-holy are saints? I've always had a bad Beatitude attitude, finding them all kind of, eat your Brussels sprouts now and you'll get your ice cream in heaven. And what does this passage that we read every All Saints Day have to do with sainthood anyway? I once asked a friend that, and he said, well, that's what saints are like. So I took a closer look at these blessed are these, and I saw that, sure enough. They describe how saints are. This is not a to-do list. This is a to-be list. These are be attitudes, if you will. You may groan. <laughs> Jesus' lists of blessings describe how his followers are to live in a most unnatural way. It is not natural to bless those who hurt us, to give to those who try to take from us, to lay down our prerogatives. The saints of God, those called out as the people of God, at our best we are poor in spirit, emptying ourselves to give to the world. We often mourn feeling the grief of God at the pain and inequity in this world. We are meek, which doesn't mean passive. The word is more about strength willingly controlled. Not pushing ourselves forward to get what we want, but trusting in the power of God working through us. Saints do hunger and thirst to be holy. On our best days, we are merciful, knowing what it is to receive the mercy of God. We want to be pure in heart, transparent, unconflicted, desiring God's simple will be done. And we are peacemakers called to be ambassadors of reconciliation. And yes, the saints of God often are persecuted, sometimes martyred, for the sake of believing in Jesus Christ. Being a saint is different from being a citizen of this world. Sainthood has to do with identity and with where we claim our primary residence. In this world, which is beautiful and painful, and passing away, or in the kingdom of God, which is less visible, but no less real, and is forever. As saints, we have dual citizenship in the realm of God and in this world. And being a saint doesn't mean that we are good and kind and pure of heart all the time. Most of the saints I know or know about were decidedly flawed. You don't have to look any further than the saints called apostles of Jesus Christ, to see that sainthood has little to do with being good. St. Peter flunked that test many times over. 
when I look at characteristics like the Beatitudes, I think I don't look like that most of the time. But it is like a beautiful suit that I'm growing into. It's not what saints do. It's who they be. And who we be starts with whose we are. We are sons and daughters of the living God, adopted beloveds of Jesus Christ himself, who loved us and gave himself for us before we did a blessed thing to deserve it. That's what we celebrate this morning. At 11, we're going to baptize five beautiful children who will be made saints by God's action before they do a thing to prove themselves. And as they grow, as your community of faith, you need to remind them of that. This, this world is big on proving yourself. God's realm is about being proven by God. And as we accept that truth, as we let it in and get off the trying-to-be-good treadmill, we actually let the power of God work in our lives, and we start to look a little more like this description in the Beatitudes. But we don't get more like this by trying harder. We get more like this by yielding more, by trusting harder. Trusting in what God has already done for us, in what God has already given us, Trusting where our real power already lies. When we're baptized, we're given a new identity, an eternal identity. The first one, the one we're born with, is only our identity in this lifetime. The new one is ourself forever, and it's a product of us plus Jesus equals a new creation. Just as in the womb, the seeds of two humans come together to form a new life, so in this womb, this tomb, this font, new life is made of the union of two persons, you plus Jesus. And what does it mean to get a new identity in Christ, to be a new person, the sum of you plus Jesus? I was at my computer the other day, and I did a save as function. The word save jumped out at me, and off I went. Save as is something you do when you want to make a new document out of an old one. Maybe a lot of the content is the same, or you want to keep the formatting, and you don't want to make a new one from scratch, so you open the first document, and you save as. And you have to give it a new name, because the computer won't recognize two documents with identical names. Just as in God's kingdom, we are each completely unique. And if you have, you have a new document that might look almost exactly the same as the old one, but it's not. It's not the old one. It's a new one with the same history, but it can be changed, revised, reformatted. A new creation. Now, I don't want to suggest any likeness between God and Microsoft or Apple and Original Sin. This does give a new interpretation to, in the beginning was the word. <laughs> when we are baptized, we are saved as, saved as new creations with eternal identities. In fact, we are being saved as saints. We take a regular person and we add water and faith, and God makes the saint. The water and the oil we use in baptisms are symbols of what 
God is already doing inside of us. And what God is doing is rewriting us, rewording us, holy and righteous. There's a Greek word in the New Testament that's used, logizomai is the word, and it's used to say that God has reckoned us righteous or determined us righteous through Christ. And with its root of logos, it literally means God has worded us righteous and holy. This new saint we are is being reworded by the author of life. And here's the fun part. We get to write too. God gives us the privilege and the responsibility of adding our own stories to the story God is writing in us. Now, you can always mark yourself read-only, I suppose, but if we join the revising work of the Holy Spirit, we get to add text and pictures, thoughts and feelings. We are documents we get to work on our whole life in this world, you plus Jesus, until gradually there's more of Christ's life, of our joint hopes and dreams, than of just you or me alone. We have all been saved as new creations, new men and women in union with the God who made the universe. As we heard from John, beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet been revealed. When he is revealed, we will be like him, for we will see him as he is. From the very beginning, Before the beginning of time, God has destined us to be adopted as God's own children through Christ. Now, not just anyone has adopted us, the creator of the universe, the all-powerful God and maker of all things, has adopted us and put at our disposal now the vast inheritance that we will enjoy in fullness. Our baptismal certificates are also adoption papers. Beyond our own families, we are added to an even greater family, the family of God. And we started being saints the moment we belonged. And we grow as saints of God as we put that being before the doing, letting the doing grow out of the being. In our baptisms, we have already received a pledge of that inheritance, the gift of the Holy Spirit working in us and through us, That seal that we get on the forehead in baptism is a down payment on all that power that God has made available to us. Power to heal, power to proclaim peace, power to bring joy into situations where nobody thought joy was possible. Power to transform in God structures and people to redeem the world with Christ. That's how we become saints, not by our behavior modification, but by the way, we allow the Holy Spirit free reign to write God's story in us. There's really only one thing we are called to do, which is to say yes. Some years ago, a friend of mine married a man who had been widowed with two small girls. Their mother had died when they were very young, and they had yearned for a mother. And the wedding included a ceremony of adoption as Elizabeth became their new mother. Part of the liturgy involved the priest asking her if she would take the girls as her daughters, and she said yes. And then it was the girls' turn to be asked if they would take Elizabeth as their new mother. And before the priest could even get the words out, the oldest one shouted yes and threw her arms around Elizabeth. She was so happy 
to be adopted. I think that's what God wants most from us, that we accept God's offer of adoption, that we shout, yes, I want to be your daughter, your son, your beloved child, and that we dance for joy. And if you haven't said yes in a long time, you have a chance in our liturgy all the time, in our prayers, in our creed. And if you've never been baptized, explore that with the clergy here. And if you haven't danced for joy in a while, these are hard times in which to dance for joy, but dance to the holy table by faith this morning. To dance in the power and love of God, that's where we get our beatitude. Amen.